This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Well, here we are. We made it back. Second podcast of the week. Tuesday, I like to call it. Whatever you're into. I don't know. I don't know if we're still using days of the week. I mean, what, what if I don't if I don't identify with Tuesday? What do you say to that? I don't identify with Mondays on most weeks. Why can't I just call it day number one? I don't know. Call me crazy. I think that would have a lot more traction than one sex, one gender. I don't know. Just me. Anyway, this, uh, you know, I like to be right. And uh, I don't know you can say I'm completely right, but I'm definitely on to something. I'm going to tell you about the story. This uh, Republican Senate um, um, challenger, Tiffany Smiley, out of Seattle, right? Republican candidate for senator in Seattle trying to run in a, in a very liberal area. And what I'm going to share with you about what's going on with that election, it's, it's not uh, big government. It's not the FBI. It's not the swamp. It's private enterprise businesses that are doing this. Wait till I tell you the story. Wait till I tell you what the fix was. That's the part where I was right, and I'm going to bring it up again. Crazy story, and what they did to her husband. I'm going to go all into it here. So that's the, the main subject at hand. But before I, I get into that here, ah, I, want to, I want to share a little bit. The studio has really taken on a level of polish that just kind of happened by accident, quite frankly. And I know some of you are bored with this, you don't care, but some of you enjoy hearing a little bit about the personal side of things, all right? I'll be brief. I'm not going to take up the whole podcast talking about the stupid studio and the lighting, but just give me a minute, would you? One minute, that's all I... I don't run any ads, I don't sell you mattresses. Can I just have a minute to boast about the studio that I've created here? For God's sake, a little bit of payback, something, anything? (laughs) I don't know why I'm complaining. Nobody gives me a hard time about this stuff. Uh, but, you know, I like to layer on a little bit of drama here and there. It keeps the ratings up, which is important. Anyway, let me tell you what's going on. You know, uh, the studio in my old house was up in the attic, and it was more like a corner than a studio. Uh, you know, it was a finished attic, a walk-up attic, we call them. But nonetheless, it was in the attic. And there wasn't a lot of space, and I had this little recording booth, I guess you would call it, kind of stuffed in this little corner the size of a desk. And believe it or not, I could do video there. And then I also had an office in that house, and uh, I, I could also do some recording, but the quality wasn't as good. So when we moved here, coming up on three years soon, uh, there's a place here uh, for a nice studio, which I captured to be my office and studio. My man cave, if you will. You know, some guys are into hot rods. I like to have a hot rod. Maybe I should trade this podcast for a hot rod. I'll have to consider that. But in the meantime, uh, I have a studio. And it's really served me really well. Well, anyway, uh, I needed to do a little computer upgrade, which I did. This new computer, uh, 
you know, it, it boots up like instantly. It's crazy. Uh, running Windows 10 Professional. Big difference in that from professional to home and office. Crazy big difference. And, uh, you know, it's got a little bit of horsepower there uh, to help with these large podcasts. Well, anyway, uh, I was able to, to that uh, then pushed the whole rearranging of the office, which is very nice because this new CPU, I have this beautiful curved screen monitor. Have you seen these things? Uh, my wife actually got it for me for Christmas. And it was on my desk on the office side. It didn't even fit over there. It looks beautiful here in the studio, nicely set up. So I've been talking about all that and just really happy. The computer is fully set up. The last thing I'm looking to do, I'm moving my video editing, uh, which is really a sophisticated operation. If you know anything about video editing, I was using Windows Movie Maker. Oh, yeah. Well, a little bit of PowerPoint. But that was pretty much the extent of the video editing. We're going to go to something a little bit more, uh, what shall we say, sophisticated. I'm working on that now. And uh, Corel, uh, video FX or something. Corel products are fantastic. And if I had a, a business right now, I think I would go to their uh, Word off, you know, their office suite there rather than the Microsoft. The, the Microsoft products, in my opinion, have just fallen so far behind. They're awful. Horrible. Outlook is, is garbage. Uh, Word is is nothing compared to what some of these other programs are doing, particularly with the the photos. Anyway, I would go a different route. Uh, I'm doing it with the video editing. I'm not like a the, what you would normally use for video editing is uh, Adobe Premiere is like the big, and I'm sure that Mac has some kind of contender, but uh, Adobe Premiere is kind of the the main one. Adobe Photoshop, Adobe Premiere. But there are other options that are very powerful and more than enough for what I would need to do for anything here in the studio, particularly since uh, not only has YouTube completely, what do you, I don't know how you say shadow banned, there's, there's like no band, right? If that wasn't enough, they went back in, into the, the crevices and dug out some old podcasts that I happened to video. How many times did I do that? Not a lot. Of the few times I did, they're like, ah, oh, oh yeah. Well, we've re- they sent me a nasty email. Well, if you don't agree with this, you can certainly make your case. But uh, so anyway, why do I need to do video editing? Well, I may get involved in some other things. We'll see. I'm always doing something with video constantly, some kind of video project going on. Anyway, the other thing I got here in the studio. So today came this uh, leather. Uh, tabletop, which is a really nice. So hopefully it'll take a little bit more of the edge off the sound from the move over here. There was this foam on top here. It was awful. It got nasty on a foam desktop. My daughter used to scratch it with her nails. and pick it, The thing was just looking so hard. I can't believe I put up with that as long as I did. Now, and this is a beautiful uh, tabletop here, this nice cherry finish. And now there's a lead. It looks it really looks clean. Well, then the other thing that I got, and you're going to say, what is going on there, uh, Bill Martha Stewart? Um, I'm fine. Don't worry. Uh, but I got this uh, rope lighting, this LED rope lighting. It pulls like seven watts. And the studio has no windows. And so I like to keep what I call always on lights. And I have this little... Uh, red um, glowing piece. It says recording and it's got like a podcast um, 
logo on there, which is just kind of a cool little thing I hang here in the studio. But that doesn't really do a lot of light, and it's red. You know, it seems like Joe Biden's speech. I feel a little evil when I walk in on that. Wow, this beautiful rope lighting at 7 watts. Something that I don't have to feel guilty leaving on all the time. I don't want to, you know, contribute to global warming. You'll call me a hypocrite like Al Gore driving around in his jet complaining about how the CO2 emissions are destroying the planet. Not me. Not me. I'm 100% green, baby. Seven watts. That's all I need. And uh, But here's the thing. Uh, so it's a nice always-on light. But here's the other thing. Um, I very carefully, I kid you not, selected the lights in this studio. Uh, I get a little goofy in the winter. Some people call it seasonal depression. I just say I get a little goofy. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little goofy all the time. There's a little more goofy uh, in the doldrums of winter around here when I want to be outside. I don't think it's such a crazy thing. Anyway, I've carefully selected the lighting in here as to best impact my overall mood, you might say, especially during those times of year when perhaps I'm not getting the optimum amount of sunlight. Well, anyway, this rope lighting is the perfect complement. And I know you can laugh at me if you want, but it sets a nice ambiance in here, a nice mood. It's, just, it's cheery. It's it's not too bright for my, my concussion-laden, light-sensitive uh, eyes. It's just great in here. I just... Wish I could invite you guys in with me. <laughs> All right. I got a little carried away. Nine minutes in. I said I'd keep it short. Let's get back to the story at hand, shall we? And the story at hand is, um, let me let me pre- preface this with saying, I, I really have a hard time believing that there's like this global cabal that's pulling some kind of puppet strings that's just like messing up the entire world. I really do have a hard time uh, believing that. But you know, uh, as hard as it is to believe, I kind of do. Now, you know, you hear me talk about this. I'm always, you know, we start talking about, you know what they're doing? Who's who's they? Let's start there. I need to know. You just tell me what they, they are going to rob you. Who, who Who's they? Who's this they that's going to come? Always the they. And look, make no mistake about it. I've told you from having been a little bit on the inside of these things. You know, I haven't been, uh, you know, in the president's cabinet. I didn't work for the Washington Post. I'm not CIA. But I've dabbled around and talked to enough people to get a little bit of a sense for what goes on. And the bottom line is we're getting screwed royally by both parties. This story I'm going to go into with you proves it. That the Republicans absolutely could fix what's going on. You're going to tell me I'm the only one that's thinking of this stuff. Listen to this story. Let me go ahead and jump in. Well, I, I want to say this in preface. There's little doubt in my mind that not only are we fighting for our future right now. We always kind of are. You could always say that. That's another one of those dramatic blow. We're in the fight for our future. This is for our kids. Well, it's always the case, really. I mean, it's true. I I shouldn't mock that. You know, the the decisions that we make today have far-reaching ramifications, as do the ones that we're living by today. We could talk about that another time. But I do believe that uh, not only are we in a fight for our survival, but I kind of feel like we're, like, clinging on the edge here big time. Tell me I'm wrong about that. I know that I'm not. You know why I know? I can tell by the, the... 
the type of energy that I get from the podcast, I can tell them not to. If you ask yourself honestly, where are we at in a year or five? I mean, just look back over the past three years. You know, we've been in a perpetual state of emergency. We really technically are with COVID. They haven't removed it yet. They won't. They never will. They never will until a judge forces them to with every appeal exhausted and they'll still go back and ask for reconsideration. I told you, that's a sign of the trouble we're in right there that they do that, let alone the way that we're lied to. Listen to this story a second. Starbucks and Seattle Times sent legal cease and desist letters to this Senate candidate, all right? She put out this video exposing how um, uh, Starbucks left the city. And I don't know that she says them by name or not in the video. I did watch it. You can watch it yourself. The links are in the show notes as usual. And then she had like an image of a headline that says the Seattle Times. Starbucks, what, she's not allowed to mention Starbucks if she even did? In the background is their old sign uh, from the street view, and it's backwards. So you can't really see. So there's no, I, I, let me tell you, I don't know if you know this. I own several copyrights, actually. Um, and this is not copyright infringement. I'm, not, I'm no uh, copyright legal expert, but this is no copyright. So the, the newspaper and, and, and um, Starbucks are going to go after this this candidate for speaking out about the crime that, that Starbucks pulled out of there. Now, you know, Starbucks, I've talked critically about this many times, the, the Starbucks political influence. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. These companies, you know, it becomes a battle of the dollar. You know, if I want some Ben & Jerry's ice cream, I'd really like to just be able to enjoy it for the ice cream that it is. Not because I can't stand either of those two rimrods and what they think politically or ideologically, right? But as it stands, I won't eat it. And and other people feel the same. And I don't even, I don't like that. You know, people talking about boycott. I don't like the boy. You're just talking about economic destruction. It's not good. I could go on and on about that. But anyway, let me, let me stick to the story in hand here. Starbucks going to jump in. Why? Everything she's saying was accurate. The local newspaper, to take this position, not only is it, is it really strange to have that happen, I'm going to say completely stinking unique, political hit job. So what does she do? Legal hit job, rather. Amazing. And this is a Senate candidate. And I told you the other thing that was going to happen. I, there was two parts I was right about. I said, you just watch when you have people trying to run for school board and they're getting threatened with lawsuits and their kids are getting threatened and people are, are harassing them at their homes. It's total political mayhem. Total, and I'm going to talk more about this this week. I don't know how much of it I have in here. Let me just stay on point. I got this all. I'm going to connect the dots in a big way. You never get from the media. You never get from Sean Hannity. I don't mean to bash Sean Hannity or anybody else. Even Bongino. I'm going to go into some things you will not get anywhere else in, in terms of perspective of what's really going on. 
So the, these these companies, they they gang up. Now, if that's what they're doing out in the open, what do you think they're doing to her privately? They say, what do you mean? Not publishing her articles, not publishing anything favorable about her, giving money to her uh, 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 opponent, maybe lots of money in the case of Starbucks. How's she supposed to compete with that? So what does she do? She turns around, and I do believe that she got a award here in this. She turned around and claimed that they had uh, uh, prohibited, provided the other campaign with a prohibited in-kind contribution. Do you remember me talking about this the other day with with the unions? that they're out there campaigning for certain candidates, why haven't, and they're all Democrat, why haven't the Republicans put a stop to it? It's exactly the reason I gave. I've been a campaign treasurer for about two and a half minutes, and already I know enough about the rules to say, why is this allowed to go on? But you're going to tell me that with the whole uh, grand old party, that none of these rimrod lawyers ever thought of this crap, right? That, oh, maybe we ought to put a stop to this. None of these attorneys general, right? Because they, they, they're worthless. Absolutely worthless. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're behind any mainstream candidate, you're losing. You're on the losing side. Grassroots candidates only. I'll step off my soapbox. I get a little worked up. How unfair... Do you know what it takes to run these campaigns? Everybody sits back. I get a, I'm getting a little taste of that, too. It's nuts. And, you know, whether you agree with this woman or you don't, she's a Republican, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Why, would she, why should she be subjected to this? I, crazy. Well, it gets worse. That's not it. That's not the end of the story. So her husband appeared in an ad for her and he's a blind army veteran combat wounded right and so this is this family that's running for office you know you don't have to agree with them i'm not asking you to vote for them i don't even really know anything about them but just in terms of you know basic level of fairness i mean there's Combat veteran family. She's running for Senate. He's trying to help despite being blinded from his time in service. So in the ad, he's wearing a Seahawks jersey, sitting presumably in their living room. But you can't, he's on the sofa, and you can't really see the uniform. You can see the shoulders a little bit. Well, they did the same thing. The Seahawks sent this guy a cease and desist. Well, do you know that they gave him the jersey that he wore down at the stadium at a time in 2014 when he was honored by the NFL? And, you know, I've talked about this very phenomena very specifically. It was the Super Bowl 2012. There was a, uh, I think it was Carrie Underwood or one of those country stars that sang the national anthem, oh, yeah, all down south, all full of white privilege and whatnot. And you know what? There wasn't a dry eye in the house. They were all standing, not one kneeling, tears in their eyes, every single player on their feet. And the planes came over, and, and yahoo, yahoo, 
God bless America. Yeah, well, you can piss on that now, can't you? They're going to send this guy a cease and desist. Take that jersey off. They don't even want to be associated with this guy. Amazing, isn't it? What changed? You tell me what changed. Obama. And I'm going to come back to that more this week. It's unbelievable the damage that that guy did to this country, really. Unreal. All right. I don't know what I'm getting so ramped up about. I'm trying to tell myself the little. You know what it is? It's this cup of coffee. I, I'm having another cup of coffee. I'm here bouncing my leg. I'm getting all worked up because I'm getting all jacked up on the caffeine. It's all right. You know what I'm going to do as soon as I'm done recording? I'm going to go do a big workout. I'm just going to go crush it. So this story is interesting. This is uh, Jim Jordan, Senator Jordan, right? And uh, he's from Ohio. Well, he's saying that uh, the Republicans are going to uh, push... I don't know how, the FBI, there's going to be this October surprise, this demand to investigate the Hunter Biden laptop because, uh, and the evidence they cipher is this 51 former intelligence officials who signed the letter, which then candidate Joe Biden cited during a debate, 50 former national intelligence people who said that he's accusing me is a Russian plan uh, and claimed that this whole thing was fake. And Jordan's saying, we now know that that's not not true at all, and we we have reason to believe that uh, the FBI made all this up and was doing this for the political gain of Democrats. And kind of the same thing as the the senator uh, candidate from Washington there to say, hey, you're supposed to be non-political. See, in the world of the ends justify the means, we crossed over this line. Nobody's really being held accountable, and it's spread everywhere. But here's the thing. What, what does this get anybody to pursue this at this point? You know, I hate to say it. What, you know, what, what because, uh, and, and this is the way a lot of uh, liberals are looking at this. They're going, what, what, because he did a little coke and a couple of hookers? You think uh, somehow there's not a million other guys that done that? This is how people are looking. <laughs> if doing a little coke is a crime, <laughs> Right? There's a lot of people that are just going, I, I don't get it. I don't even understand what he did. But, you know, young girls, drugs. Well, you know, there there's a unique combination, right? So, if even, even uh, it's just a non-starter. And I'm not saying that the Hunter Biden laptop, laptop story doesn't matter. I'm saying it doesn't matter right now. Of course it matters. Lots of things matter. But there's been so much going on, and we we got to uh, figure out a way to stop the fighting with each other and start focusing on rebuilding our country, security, our schools. Have you seen any of these Project Veritas videos, the way that the schools have been infiltrated by leftists and the nasty things that they're doing? Check it out. It's amazing. Anyway, Jim Jordan, oh, this is going to be the big October surprise. Cry me a river, I could care less, uh, if that's all that Republicans have to offer right now. Billionaire investor says the United States is spiraling uh, toward a debt crisis. You think? A prominent billionaire investor? I don't know who this... Stanley Drunkenmiller? Okay. I don't know who that is. National debt, $31 trillion. 125% of America's gross domestic product. 
I don't have the email here from Dan. Uh, Dan from Chicago. Somebody was, you know, the national debt's ninety thousand dollars for every man, woman, and child. The interest on that debt uh, at seven percent interest is going to be sixty three hundred dollars a year just for the interest. Every man, woman, and child in this country. I've been doing this math for a long time. I've been putting that out on the podcast. Why is it that that, that the uh, the Senate banking reform or whatever it was that Elizabeth Warren helped sham? Um, they put the, the that's out of that committee that came the, the, that thing on the on the credit card statements that they got to tell you, uh, you know, you're you're paying exorbitant in interest rates. What did they used to call that? Lot loan sharking. I forget the, the the other term for it. Right, but then they're going to put a little chart here, at Rimrod. If you're making the minimum payment, you're getting you're getting really uh, uh, soaked on this loan. Why don't we get that with our tax bill? Why don't we get that? Why don't we say, uh, as a matter of fact, you could argue that the, the citizens of the United States have no responsibility for that debt based on the principle of four corners. Prove me that prove that I'm wrong. How are you taking up debts in my name that you're going to hold my obligation to that I've never received any notice of? Check it out. The four corners doctrine. You're going to demand debts due. Anyway, whew. I don't know. Maybe the way. To, maybe I should have a cup of coffee before I do the podcast. Talk about getting revved up. How do you overcome this? That's the stuff that they're telling you about. I see all kinds of numbers. Uh, well, this is on usdebtclock.org. You can check it for yourself. Unfunded liabilities for Social Security and Medicare of 171 trillion dollars. Now, I think that number is misleading. I really do. I had this. Uh, Discussion with um, uh, rediscovering republicanism. John Nance, I remembered, thank goodness. And he said that he thinks that the revolution in this country is going to come when whatever generation next realizes that they're paying into Social Security, they're not going to get anything from. And I said, well, I don't think it's going to go like that. It's not going to just dry up completely. I mean, there's people paying in. It'll continue to pay out something. And uh, Democrats right now, they're like, screw it. They're sitting fat on revenue. I believe that this is driving everything else that you see going on. This fiat money, the massive debts, and that is why they have to allow the illegal immigration to go on. Even the Republicans. I just saw an article. I should have had it here that... uh, uh, migrants being bussed from New York down to Florida to help with the storm. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Think about that. It, <laughs> they do provide a lot of labor in this country. Always have. Always have to fuel our growth. It's that way in a lot of places. Cheap labor. Huge debts. <clears throat> you don't hear them say that, well, it's only uh, 90% of uh, GDP, still within a healthy range. You don't hear them say that anymore. Through the roof. Um, I don't know how you can't say that there isn't a huge possibility of uh, catastrophic failure. FEMA chief responds to Kamala Harris' claim. Kamala Harris pulls pulled an Obama, and we're gonna we're gonna. I can't. I don't have a Kamala voice. We're gonna. <laughs> that's my best Kamala voice. We're gonna respond to the people of color first. And uh, or whatever she said, we're gonna respond to the marginalized people first. Remember that movie? Uh, what was the movie? Monsters Inc. Back in the day when you could still trust Disney. 
I think. Who knows what was hidden in there? But it was a funny movie with the big, big blue dude. And these, I forget what part of the movie. And they got that lady. Next, please. That's Kamala Harris. It's nasty. Nasty and mean. We're going to take care of the black people first. Hey, here's a newsflash, Kamala. All right. Uh, 1954 called and they want their racism back. All right. Uh, your, your your thoughts on racial equality are about as old as your uh, ex-boyfriend there that, that rose you to the top of politics, okay? Let it go and move on, all right? Everybody's going to get fair treatment. The FEMA chief even had to come out. You know, he's a good liberal, but he's still, whoa, you went a little far with that one. You know, we're going to help the white people too, Kamala, if that's okay. If it's okay, I don't know. But, you know, in the meantime, she gets her name out there. and I just love her. I just love her because it's her. And I know she doesn't always say the right thing, but I love her. <laughs> Somebody's saying it out there. Uh, I'm on a roll today. Biden's student loan forgiveness program faces more legal challenges. I say bunk. Here's another political thing for you. Political thing. I don't know what kind of thing, but some kind of thing. No more defense, offense only. You know what the Republicans should do? This is fantastic progress on the part of the Biden administration that we have opened up the deep bowels of the United States Treasury for the American people to dip their, to dip their poor, weary hands into. Hallelujah. Indeed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We didn't say we're giving out money. Indeed, you did. And we just talked about loan forgiveness. And so let me tell you, VA home loans need to get canceled real darn quick. All right? If you can cancel loans... Uh, for these little fairy tale liberals who have done more damage to this country in half a generation than 200 years prior, then you can sure as hell pay off the homes of the veterans, all right? Fair is fair. Argue that. This is the way we need to bring these arguments. If Lindsey Graham had, had half a testicle... <laughs> I apologize for that. But honest to God, when are we going to get somebody who fights and has common sense to say, you know what, I'll tell you what, I'll see your stupidity and I'll double down on your stupidity, okay? We're just going to forgive all of it. Nobody's going to pay anything. Uh, all right, maybe, maybe half a cup of coffee. Uh, this is a fantastic story. Polio, once eliminated, is testing in New York City sewer water. Have you heard me talking about this at all? Very, very interesting. Do you know who they're blaming it on? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to go to the show notes at ChristopherScottShow.com. I kid you not. They're blaming um, uh, the uh, Amish people in Ohio and coming into New York. I, I don't know how you take this seriously because the, the Amish, you know, they're they're anti-vaxxers. Oh, and some of these uh, Orthodox Jewish schools as well. Vaccination rates below 90%. Uh, taking the size of each school into account, 96% of all school-age Orthodox children in the country were vaccinated, but still leaving a whopping 4%. The Amish, it's 11% not vaccinated. Dirty Amish, I can't say dirty Orthodox, you know, because I'm not that. So, 
You're not allowed to do You can do the self-deprecating stuff, but she can't attack anybody else. Uh, uh, I'm not Amish. Uh, close enough, I guess. <laughs> what would you believe, right? This is the problem. This is why we're seeing the rise of polio in the New York City sewage water. Would you believe that? Of course you would. You would believe it because the storms are getting worse because of climate change. And you should get vaccinated to help protect yourself against climate change. Joe Biden said that. I kid you not. I'm not making it up. I don't have it here to play for you. You're just going to have to trust me. He didn't specifically say it like that. He was issuing a warning before the hurricane. And he said, very important that you get vaccinated. Because <laughs> it's bad enough to have an emergency, but a lot worse if you're not vaccinated. <laughs> That's some sound logic there, y'all. And you keep following that line of thinking, and that, of course, leads you down the path that you realize it's because of the Amish that they're having polio spiking in the New York City sewage water. Just stands to reason, doesn't it? Not because of illegal immigrants. No. We, how could you say that? There's no data. It wouldn't be signs there's no data because we don't know how many of them are vaccinated against polio or not. But we do know how many of the Amish aren't, and that's the number that matters. We should make them. Make them. That's what they're thinking. This story would be completely hilarious if it wasn't true. Uh, did you hear about this movie, Bros? Uh, I did not until I saw this article. And uh, this is this is coming out of uh, Showbiz 411. So this isn't like a political story. Total receipts for Thursday and Friday came to just 1.8 million, another two and a half million over the weekend. Bros stands to make less than five million dollars for its entire opening weekend. Uh, Bros doesn't have a huge budget, 25 million at most, but the movie has had. A tremendous amount of publicity and marketing, a blanketing uh, that most films would give their popcorn up for. This just means that the public at large has no interest in seeing not only a gay rom-com, but one with graphic sex scenes. Interesting, right? Bros comes from Universal Studios, which will also release a second film in the genre, through its focus features soon called Spoil Alert. Once that's over, this genre may be severely curtailed. What a disappointment for Billy Eichner and Judd Apatow, but this is an example of Hollywood being insulated from reality even when it has the best of intentions. And they go on to blame the whole lack of performance on what? You know the answer to this already. It's because of you... Nasty, hate-filled, heterosexual men and your homophobia. And it's clear and obvious. I think the mistake that they made, it's two white guys in the movie. If it was two black guys, I think it would be a slam dunk. I think you'd, I think you'd see that fired up all over. Yeah, try that and see how it goes. They'll burn down the theaters. Yeah, you watch. So this is a pretty fascinating story. Uh... Gavin Newsom signed a bill blocking rap lyrics as evidence in criminal cases. And I thought it was a joke. I really did. I was like, I got to check into this. And this is actually not a political reporting either. This is Urban Hollywood 411, right? These are like, uh, uh, you know, media and entertainment blogs, okay? Okay. 
And I thought, nah, this has got to be some kind of nonsense. And so I looked into it, and guess what? It's not. And he had, like, you know, a bunch of, like, rappers at the signing of this law. Let me see if I can pull his comments up here real quick. It's hilarious. Um, Newsom signed. He said, this is what he said. Artists of all kinds should be able to create without the fear of unfair and prejudicial prosecution. California's culture and entertainment industry set trends around the world, and it's fitting that our state is taking a nation-leading role to protect creative expression and ensure that artists are not criminalized under biased policies. So you mean to tell me that you could, just by way of example, that you could go out and, let's say, steal an election, and then you could rap a song about it, and guess what? They can't use that as... I do I need to do a rap? <laughs> I didn't set anything up. Let me see if I can get some. Let me see if I can get a little beat going here. And I'm just gonna spew out all of my crimes. And then they can't prosecute me, at least not in California. What a great deal. And you know what? At a time like this with crime soaring, it's good that California stepped up and showed us what real criminal justice reform looks like. Truly amazing. Um, I want to tell you before we get out of time here, I'm going to have Putin's speech on Thursday. You've heard some of the talk about it. I'm going to give you the real speech, and you can decide for yourself. But maybe maybe Newsom should have went to New York. This article here from the Daily News uh, talks about New Yorkers being on edge because of uh, violent, unprovoked attacks. And it's happening in many places. People don't want to go to Philadelphia. I drove uh, through Chester uh, a week or two ago to go down to the soccer stadium down there. Chester is, uh, you know, gangland as bad as any, not as sprawling as L.A., uh, but just dirty, nasty hood down there. Uh, Lots of crime, lots of drugs, lots of problems all over the place. Uh, and uh, it's horrible. People, you don't want to get caught down there at night. You don't want to be down there during the daytime. I know people that have to get down there occasionally for work, and you have to carry. You have to have uh, security at all times. The only way you can get through there. And when when people don't feel safe, uh, it creates a, an eerie, different way of living. When you aren't comfortable being outside, when you're not comfortable in your person, when you're not comfortable traveling. What do you blame that on? You're going to blame that on the cops? You're going to blame that on the white guys, right? Because of what white oppression that Chester is having these massive problems? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think that that it has to do with the federal government and the way money's moved around that that keeps people down. And it's got to change. And I think when you compare a lot of uh, what I just discussed to what Putin had to say, you might really raise an ear to it to say to yourself, what in the heck is really going on here? How sinister. Amazing to think that our biggest enemy could be right here at home. You think about some of the things that have gone on, over 60 million babies aborted, and this most recent trend with mutilating and, and um, castrating uh, young people it's nuts it's complete mayhem when you think about it it really is that's it for today god willing i'll be back tomorrow i sure hope to see you there in the meantime you know what to do make it a great day see you back tomorrow